This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Josh, if you aren't ready to jump into like the chalk zone or another universe, let, can you get us started here with a uh, stock up? Dude, I don't know what's going on because they even came up. Uh, they called me up Xfinity up my internet. So everything should be good. But it's every time we do these streams. But uh, my stock up is going to be Braxton Barrios. I mean, he only had three catches, um, five targets for 42 yards, two yards uh, after the catch. But those catches that he made, especially the two in the fourth quarter late in the game when the Dolphins needed them, were just so impressive. He finished with a 69.1 overall PFF grade, had 35 nice. total offensive snaps, and lined up basically – split right down the middle on the inside and the outside. So take that for whatever you might. But Braxton Barrios, between him and Tua Tonvalo, it seemed like they had some chemistry there. I know there was a play earlier in the game. I think he got called back on a hold. But Tua found him for a first down between two guys. He kind of got sandwiched there. He held onto the football, and he went up there and made the grab. But, again, the one where Tua broke cover, you know, contained, rolled out to the sideline, hit Braxton Barrios, who somehow got down. And then the one in the middle of the field on, what was it, third and ten, they needed it to continue that drive, and he just put it between the keyhole window and Braxton Barrios got his hands under it. So for a guy that was sitting here trying to hype up Robbie Chosen, I mean, again, I'm still kind of um, stoked for him. I don't know why um, Tua tried to take that chance when we saw Braxton Barrios (laughs) one-on-one coverage, and he threw that pick. So I do got to throw that out there. But basically everything that we saw from Braxton Barrios, he went above and beyond what we expected. And I have to ask, he did play for the New England Patriots. He played for the Jets. Is this finally our Wes Welker? Like, are we getting our Wes Welker now in return? Because, uh, you know, we gave Wes Welker up to the Pats. Now this is their way of giving us a Wes Welker back. Because let's be honest, that's who he reminds you of, right? He's downfield making blocks. He's picking apart different zones. I was really stoked on Braxton Barrios. And I'm excited to see what's next for him because he did come out and emerge as that legitimate number three target in this offense. Yeah, and who was that for the Dolphins last year? Like Trent Sherfield? Like, yeah. And, yeah. Like, I, you won't know, say, Trent, I won't say the other name because I think Jake might have something to say about the other name. So Trent Sherfield, he did some good things for the Dolphins last year. You know, most people are going to cite his blocking ability uh, as a positive for the Miami Dolphins. But when you got a guy like Braxton Berrios that can be that third option, such a reliable third option. I believe he was on the uh, receiving end of that third and 15 late in the game Tua rolls out to his left and then launches that, that, that 17 yard pass just to get that first down, just past the first down marker, man, that was like one of my favorite plays. No, no, the side is super incomplete. And he just comes walking out and points. It was guts. That might have been my favorite play in the game on Sunday and one of my favorite 
uh, throws I've ever seen from Tua. And to have Braxton on the receiving end of that, that just shows how much faith Tua already has in the newcomer Braxton Berrios. Um, so if you can trade a Trent Sherfield for a Braxton Berrios and you can get that type of production out of Berrios with his first in his first game as a Miami Dolphin, like that's that's definitely stock way up for Berrios, and he should have himself a, a nice season moving forward. Part of the reason we did this too, I just want to throw this out here. I think it's pretty obvious. Tyreek Hill's amazing. His, his stock can't go any higher. Tua, we've been talking about him all week. So we are definitely identifying some players who we think that you should probably keep an eye on next week. Sunday, potato, potato. Josh, I completely agree with you. I'm not saying he's Wes Welker. I'm not saying he's going to have the career of Wes Welker. What I'm saying is I remember a Denver Broncos offense that had two studs on the outside. And there's Wes Welker still having like 90 receptions, being that money down type of player. That's kind of the idea I'm getting out of Braxton Barrios, just someone who you can always have those third down plays to, someone you can trust, someone who's not going to drop the ball, who's going to be there on the slant. And the important part is they can play with Tyreek. He can play with Jalen Waddle, And having that third guy who can be a playmaker is just so important, I feel. Yeah, and let's not forget he brings an element to the return game, right? We didn't really see it week one, but I'm sure he's going to take one to the house and we're all going to be sitting here chanting for that. He does everything, you know, good and, and well, and I think he's going to take it to the next level, as we saw. I mean, Jets fans were ready to give up on him, right? New England got gave up on him. I mean, he came to Miami. A lot of people thought he might just be a return specialist. He showed in the first game, you know, he's a legit um, target. And are you guys, anybody targeting him in fantasy anytime soon or is he way out there i mean if you have two maybe you're gonna go out there and get a uh braxton barrios as your your flex maybe in a ppr no not yet full ppr yeah i think i might i think full ppr i don't think anything else though i don't think but but you said you weren't ready to call him the next west welker I, i'll i'll be the one that's i'll say that I, i'll have the egg on my face he I can fits, say he fits the 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 mold that he he fills the requirements the dolphins are asking of him i just don't want to compare him to a hall of famer just just yet even though that's his coach, and that's probably why he reminds of us of him so much. Gentlemen, I'm going to stick with receivers, and I want to ask you guys a question. The fact I'm asking it gives it away. Who do you think spent more of their snaps blocking on Sunday? Durham Smythe? River Craycraft? <laughs> well, yes, I, I do think you gave it away. So uh, tell us tell us about Mr. Craycraft. 40% of Craycraft's snaps were spent as a blocker. Durham Smythe, 37%. I was actually caught off guard with how often I saw Durham Smythe roaming in the secondary. It just felt very weird to me. But River Craycraft, man, is someone that we need to keep an eye on. I think we kind of forgot him a little bit when it was uh, him and Trent Sherfield came over from San Fran. It was just like, oh, Mike McDaniel's got his guys. And you see Trent Sherfield make a couple big plays and, and make some big money going to Buffalo. River Craycraft is what opens up big plays. His ability to block down the field, his, he called, I, what was it? The first touchdown of the year, touchdown pass of the year, also went to River Craigcraft. I just think there's a certain level of versatility. And when you think about this preseason battle, right? Robbie Chosen, River Craigcraft. Obviously, everyone's going to say this dude's a thousand yard receiver. He's a burner. He can replace Tyree Kill. Craigcraft does such a great job of those timing routes. Robbie Chosen, he really, really struggled. And while we want to throw it deep all the time, I think Miami does have a really good thing in place in terms of hitting those timing routes, hitting those slants. And I think just River Craigcraft does so many different things. And it's just like having like another fullback on the field. I'm not saying he's built like a fullback, but his ability to block makes it a little challenging when you're trying to work downfield and work in that secondary. 
Yeah, I think you're right, Jake, with with Craycraft. I think Tua probably trusts Craycraft more than he trusts Robbie Chosen. And this is Craycraft's second year playing with Tua, so so that makes a little sense there. But you're right when you talk about this offense being based around timing and anticipation. You know, we all saw the cutups of, of Tua starting his windup when these receivers were covered, and then he throws it to a you know a spot on the field, and the receiver has just enough time to get to that spot. That's just what Tua likes to do. And Craycraft is probably a little bit more dependable in that department. You know, he's going to run the route that's asked exactly how uh, they ask him to run it. Whereas maybe Robbie Chosen wants to freelance a little bit more and, and, and doesn't care as much about being as exact with his route running. But, but Craycraft, uh, Craycraft had himself a great game. A couple drops. I think I remember a couple drops from, from Craycraft in that one, but overall definitely he's, that's Craycraft, baby. He's good for three or four touchdowns a year. You're going to see that. It's not the last time you'll see him in the end zone. Uh, and like you said, blocking was was uh, another stock up situation for him too. So real happy with his performance. Josh, I know you have. Have you guys played Mario Party? Yes. A, a handful of times, yeah. Remember whether it's a crayon, crayon, crayon. Wow. I've been working all day. I'm sorry. Or a uh, uh, jackhammer. There were these, there was a mini game where you had to trace lines. And whoever had the highest percentage of the line traced was the winner. When you look at that's how I would want to compare someone like Robbie Chosen and, and River Craycraft. Robbie Chosen might have a couple wiggles there. It might just be a little loose. River Craycraft's just going to be tight down the line. And I think that might be the best comparison <laughs> I can make to find the type of receiver Miami needs. They don't have to be the most physical. They don't have to be the fastest. You got to be able to draw in the lines. Game changer. I was so bad at that mini game. I was a Robbie Chosen. <laughs> oh my god! I definitely. I'm like a Mike Wallace, just wobbling. <laughs> yeah, I'm no. I'm no good at that. But I, I. I mean, we all see why he's out there, right? I mean, he knows this offense. You know, like the back of his hand. He. You mentioned he's been in it for two years now here, Merrick. But he also was in a similar offense at San Francisco. So, um, I have that. He's crafty. I thought that was uh, you nice. know, real clever there, right? Yeah, he's crafty. I like the way they used him. You know, the different motions. You mentioned it though. Him in the run game. You know, him doing things downfield. He's a guy that does everything well. And maybe shame on me for saying that Braxton Berrios emerges at number three because River Craycraft would like a word, right? So um, he had the touchdown early on. I did have a note written down, though, that Durham Smythe was wide open on that route as well. So um, take that for whatever it is. But Craycraft is um, – you can see why he's on the Dolphins. And he's he's a guy that Mike McDaniel and Tua Tavaloa trust. So stock up for sure. Shout out Durham Smythe. I don't yes. know how he was able to do that. Whatever it is, whatever it is happening in my mind, I would have went up and tried to hit that ball. I would have thought for sure that ball was coming to me and it was a little thrown off. I'm so impressed that he just knew the guy would be behind him and he had the instinct to put his hand down. Those are little things you don't think about, but man, I'd be I'd be alligator arming that thing for sure. And stock Mate. up for Durham Smythe, right? He was a guy that we could have sat here and talked about if we wanted to. He's looking like he's becoming a pass catcher a little bit, definitely becoming more involved in this offense. So I was contemplating him or Braxton Berrios, but what Berrios did, I thought I had to say, but yeah, man, that's it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Eric, did you have one final thought there? I thought I interrupted you. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say maybe Smythe didn't jump up for that ball to Craycraft because he was like, who do you think I am, Mike Kosicki? I don't got, I don't got those ups, man. There it is. I like that. I like that quite a bit. And and I think it's interesting. I don't think Braxton Berrios and River Craycraft fill the same role. I think Berrios is meant to be the slot receiver where I think Craycraft can run a little more of those outside in-breaking routes uh, that just require that timing. I'm sorry I keep going back to that, but – I do feel there's a little bit of a difference there in terms of what you'll see on the field. Do you guys feel the same on that? Am I just going a little crazy here? No, you know, we talked about it earlier. Maybe Craycraft is more of your Trent Sherfield replacement. Maybe they said, hey, let's take what Sherfield did and split that into two players. Let's get Craycraft out there mainly for his blocking ability. And then we'll get Braxton Berrios, Berrios out there mainly for his uh, receiving ability and and we'll take Trent Sherfield we'll splice them right down the middle and we'll have these two tiny little white guys come out of them that's a very nice way to put it actually and Josh just so you know this this podcast title at least this clip you know you already know it. he's real crafty that's exactly what this podcast title is gonna be so you should be proud I'm a little proud for sure we'll, we'll go with that Merrick I think you're here to close us out here well, real quick, okay, I meant to talk about this last week, but I'm I'm going to go stock up this podcast, stock up this podcast. Two weekends ago, I was in the uh, Chicago O'Hare Airport, and I was eating at uh, Romano's Macaroni Grill, which I had a very delicious chicken scallopini. So I'm stuffing my face with this pasta, and I'm in a dolphin's hat like I often am, and this guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, how are the Finns going to do this year? I was like, oh, you know, you know, hopefully they'll have a good season. You know, team looks a little bit better. Should be good, right? And he goes, you're Merrick, aren't you? And I was like, what the hell? And he was like, and he was like, yeah, yeah, from uh, from another Dolphins podcast. You're Merrick, right? Big fan, big fan of the podcast, big fan of Jake and Josh. And I was like, what is going on right now? And I had, you know, admittedly had a couple beers at the Romano Macaroni Grill as well. If they'd like to sponsor the pos- the, the podcast, please reach out, uh, Romano. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. So I want to give a shout out to Andrew from upstate New York. If you're listening right now, you made me feel like the coolest dude in the Romano's macaroni grill. So I appreciate that. I got a pitch. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Idaho, upstate New York, Iowa, (laughs) Iowa. Sorry. My bad about that. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. (laughs) And now we got, I feel like a place in the middle of Chicago just makes the most sense for us to be like our biggest sponsor. Just with the ridiculous, nothing makes sense here. We're all just scattered across the world. I, yeah, I, I could buy that 100%. I think it's cool. So I just wanted to make sure I, I shouted Andrew out on the podcast. But my, my real stock up for this past week uh, had to be Kendall Lamb. You know, we talked about... We talked about how nervous we were that Teron Armstead was not going to be playing in that game, especially when the Chargers defense was healthy because the Chargers defense had their way with this with this Dolphins offense last year. And that was without Derwin James. That was without Joey Bosa. That was without JC Jackson. And this time we were without Teron Armstead and we thought, oh man, Joey Bosa is just going to eat Kendall Lamb's lunch. And that didn't happen. Tua Tungabailoa didn't get sacked a single time. And and I saw online after the game or, or after this, this first week was over that Kendall Lamb was actually the 12th 
best offensive tackle in the entire league uh, at pass block win rate percentage. It's a lot of words there. I, yeah. I struggled to get it all out. But essentially the 12th best pass blocking offensive tackle in the NFL. And he's the backup to Teron Armstead. So Kendall Lamb, you showed up, you showed out, and you 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 calmed all of our nerves and if we're without Armstead this Sunday against the Patriots, I think Kendall Lamb will be able to go out there, be serviceable once again, and really more than serviceable. He excelled. He did a great job. And now we're kind of left with the question of what do you do with Kendall Lamb when Teron Armstead comes back? Because Austin Jackson had a decent game as well. You know, maybe not as good of a game as Lamb did, but you don't really want to move Lamb from the left side to the right side, but you don't really want to take him off the field. So do you play him at left guard? But Isaiah Wynn did all right in that spot too. It's a little bit of a conundrum. Um, so for, for that reason, I think maybe you you wait a little bit on Armstead. You get him 100% before you bring him back. Lamb provides you that luxury. But definitely stock up Kendall Lamb uh, week one. Thank you for your service, Mr. Lamb, because uh, Tua Tungavailoa was able to pass for 466 yards behind that offensive line, and Kendall Lamb was a big part of that. Yeah, I just, I mean, I egg on my face, man. You were sitting there, I was joking with you. Oh, you're going to, you feel okay with Kendall Lamb and, um, Isaiah Wynn, that's what you're trying to say. I mean, Isaiah Wynn, we all kind of knew was going to play left guard or hope so, but Kendall Lamb absolutely showed up, and he looked great. I don't think there's any issue there, and I think it does allow you time to give Teron Armstead, you know, time to get actually healthy and then hope that he can make it through the rest of the season because, I mean, you're already getting Jalen Ramsey back in the middle of the year. If you need to take a week or two, you know, three, whatever it might be, maybe you give Kendall Lamb more run out there, but he played great, and he's a guy that I would love to put on ice and just have as, as that backup in case you need to, you know, put him out there in Teron Armstead. Maybe did I disappear again? See the thing? Just welcome back. Happened. So, yeah, welcome back. So, um, shout out Kendall Lamb. Sorry for doubting you. I should have never did that. And sh- uh, I think we all kind of doubted them moving on from Brandon Shell is that, you know, versatile veteran depth piece at tackle. I think uh, what they got in Kendall Lamb is a home run. And um, it'll be interesting to see if he continues to play this well. And um, Toronto Armstead continues to be an issue. I hope that doesn't happen. But with his contract and everything, you know, are we going to see Kendall Lamb as the starting left tackle for the next Five years like we had hoped, Teron Armstead. I don't even want to speak that into existence. He's already like a nine-year vet. That's what makes it crazy. Uh, Can we call Kendall Lamb Pepto for the rest of the year? Just because whenever there's going to be a disaster on this offensive line, he just makes us a little less queasy. He filled in for Teron Armstead perfectly. And Merrick, I completely disagree with you. He should not be on that field if Teron Armstead is out there because we know for damn sure he's going to be called on once again, and we need to make sure he's safe. Put him in bubble wrap, huh? So much bubble wrap because he, he played well. It wasn't the cleanest. It wasn't the most perfect, but he got it done against a great pass rush, and that's what's important. So I want to ask you guys, Um, I wish I did a little more research into this before, but you mentioned Brandon Shell last year. Jesse Davis doesn't even count, so I'll yeah, shut up. Has Miami kind of turned a page in terms of for depth on the offensive line, trying to make sure they're veterans, five, six, seven-year veterans? They might not be the best players, just people who know how to play football. I mean, I remember, what, two off-seasons ago trying to talk myself into uh, an undrafted free agent at a UMass being the backup left tackle, right? And and how far we've come. Yeah, I think a lot of this really does come down to the coaching of Butch Berry. And I think he got a lot of flack this offseason, you know, like not to a tongue of Iloa level hate, but he got a lot of hate when that hire was made. And people talked about the sticky notes in Denver and, and laughed at him and made fun of him. Well, everything we've heard 
out of Miami Gardens this offseason is that this offensive line has looked better. Butch Berry's coaching style, um, you know, while he may be a, a bit of a hard ass, it seems to be reaching these players. And then we come out here week one. This offensive line does not give up a single sack. That's with the backup left tackle playing against a couple all pro guys in Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And again, the, the line looks competent. It looks good. It's not the best offensive line in the league, but this offense doesn't need the best offensive line in the league because Tua doesn't hold the ball very long. He gets the ball out quickly. So you do just enough, and just enough is just enough. And, and it's good enough for this team to put up 36 points against what's supposed to be a good Chargers defense, a Chargers defense uh, that that held this offense in check last year. So stock up Butch Berry, of, of all people. So good on him. Nosferatu-looking dude. Yeah, can everyone – well, go ahead. What were you going to say? Let's hear it. I was going to say, we've been doing this podcast for so long. Can you believe we're hyped up about backup offensive linemen? That just seems very weird for being a Dolphins fan. Yeah, this is all weird, and I just hope this continues to be weird. I hope we continue to see Tua MVP talk, Coach of the Year Mike McDaniel, whatever it might be. Um, but Merrick, he hit it right on the head there with uh, Butch Bear. He was a guy that, you know, that's kind of why when these signings happen, if you don't know anything about them, just keep your mouth shut, right? Like, I, I didn't know anything about Butch Bear. I couldn't sit here and say, um, you know, one way or the other, whether – whether he was a solid offensive line coach, but what we've seen so far is that he's better than what came before him. So um, shout out, stock up Butch Berry, and hopefully this offensive line continues to do what they did because that's my biggest fear is it's only been one week, right? And we might turn into a pumpkin, but it just feels different this year. So shout out to the entire offensive line. Even Austin Jackson was someone that we could came on here and talked about, and that's just I, – I never thought that would be possible. And he's what, 23 years old? Bringing in someone like Butch Berry is so interesting because I'd love to be a fly on the wall about how that dynamic developed when you had someone like Frank Smith who spent so much time working on the offensive line. All of a sudden, you're turning the page. You're having him focus on a broader picture with his offense. And all of a sudden, hey, you have coaches in place that are helping these guys get into a position to win. And that's not always something we could have said about the Miami Dolphins. But we could say a we can say that about the Miami Dolphins now, and that's a good feeling. And all of this is a really good feeling, and I hope we can keep this good feeling rolling throughout the whole season because, like you said earlier, Josh, this does feel different, and it does feel special. But, uh, you know, battered Dolphin syndrome, we're, we're all sitting here, like you said, waiting for this this carriage to turn into a pumpkin when the clock strikes midnight, which hopefully doesn't happen. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm way too confident right now just sitting here knowing that we play Sunday night against the Patriots. I'm just – I feel different than I would have, you know, like I told Jake on the last pod. Much different this week than I did last week because you were just sitting there waiting to see it all happen, and I thought they exceeded expectations except defensively, which um, we'll see how that goes. But, guys, it was just awesome to come on here and talk stock up, stock down with you and to be along on this roller coaster ride because this is going to be a hell of a year.